Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 74. It's now been 30 weeks, three days since I began this experiment where I podcast about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And to be honest with you, brave companions, I'm really surprised to be recording for you today. Yes, I am. I'm down here at my local park on my podcast rock, and I was here just yesterday walking around this park over and over again talking to Alan Standish. That's right. We completed our recording for interview number two, and we had such a good time, we went talking and walking and talking and walking together for over two hours. So I was pretty tired after all of that, and I said, great, I'm going to sleep good last night. I'm going to sleep in, but guess what? Here I am, bright and early, wide awake. So I thought, well, why not make lemonade out of the lemons? prep a show and come on down here and record for you all, which is great because I'm having a really busy week, which I'll talk about later. And that means that I get a show out today instead of having to wait for several days like I thought I would. So that's kind of cool. And I'm glad that I'm doing it because there's a lot of neat things to talk about today. I'm going to welcome our newest Brave companion, Marquita. Stephanie sent in her secret topic of the day, number four. I'll update you on Max's video, the cool one about the baristas singing. And I've got lots of bravery news report about myself and others cool comment conversations, and many, many more surprises. So stay tuned. We'll listen to Josh Woodward's inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go, and we'll find out what you're going to let go and what I'm going to let go of today. But I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go. silent wind that never really blows I'm letting go Thank you Josh I'm so inspired every time I hear that song I'm letting go and today I kind of knew what I needed to let go of but I wasn't quite sure what words to put it into I just wasn't quite sure how to explain it but I think it's letting go of internal fear fear that comes completely from within yourself and really isn't about the external events. So for an example of this, I'm going to share some really exciting news. It's exciting, at least for me. Those of you that have been following the show along for quite some time know that I have a secret desire to try voice acting. I really want to, and so I worked up the nerve several weeks ago to go attend some social meetings of working voice actors and people interested in voice acting. That's where I met Max, the young barista who, worth his friends, made the cool, cool video that is a parody of Les Miserables that is fantastic. It is so fantastic, in fact, that it's going to be on on 2020 ABC's news show this Friday. Now today I'm recording on September the 4th, 2014. So Max's segment is going to be on ABC's 2020 on Friday, September 5th, 2014. So if you're listening to this show and time to tune in live to 2020 on Friday, do so. Or if this is way after the fact, or even a little bit after the fact, go online to abc.com and search and find 2020 so you can see Max's interview. Anyway, I'm getting off my topic. 
I met Max at this, this voiceover actor social meetup. And my main reason for going there is I wanted to get the name of a really reputable and good voice acting class or coach so that I could give it a try. That's right, I wanted to give it a try. And so I wrote a letter to the man that they recommended to me. He gave me a call the other day and said, there's an opening for the upcoming beginning class that's starting on Saturday. That's just a couple days away, on Saturday. Well, I swallowed my fear and said, sure, let me do this, I can't wait. And the cool thing was, is just from our conversation over the phone, he didn't hear some of the things I'm most scared of with my voice since my mouth has a different shape and it's a little bit harder for me to talk clearly since my bike accident happened three or four years ago, whenever that was, my big one, the one where I was uh, found unconscious in the road and nobody knows what happens. And anyway, part of that was that it changed the shape of my mouth and so I'm very, very self-conscious about what the sounds are like that come out of my mouth. Now I know maybe you brave companions, many of you brave companions have been kind enough to tell me or call me or let me know that you don't hear any defect in my speech. Well, I have had some drama training and I have done some recording before and so I am super, super self-conscious about the way my voice sounds now because I keep thinking about how it sounded in the past and how I was able to speak clearly in the past. Enunciation used to be one of my big strengths as an actor. I could really speak clearly and still speak with an emotion. And for me to speak super clearly now is really quite difficult. My lips don't quite go together in the same way. And so when you have sounds like the P's and put or S's and silly, those kinds of things are mm, like in mother or maintain, where you put your lips together, it's kind of hard for me to make that sound clear. And I also get a little bit of sound leaking through kind of like a snake hiss this kind of sound which is like you know if you have a balloon and you you close it shut a little bit and let the air out you might hear that that kind of leaking sound that's what happens to me when I'm speaking sometimes now again this is more detail than you probably ever need to know but these are the kind of worrisome thoughts that go in my head and make me think that well this is really too late for me to try doing something that I've always wanted to try and in reality, Brave Companions, this thought is an internal fear. It is a fear that I'm putting on myself. Well, for one thing, I can't blame being fat on not being a voice actor because when you're a voice actor, it doesn't matter one bit what you look like. It matters how you sound. It matters how you take direction. It matters on learning correct mic techniques. It requires you learning a good sense of timing and it takes a lot of training and a lot of time to get good at voice acting. It really does. And so it is a craft as well as an art and something I've always wanted to learn. So I'm letting go of that inner fear that made me want to not try. Because again, I was telling myself all kinds of things even in that split moment where the teacher who is a working voice producer as well as a working voice actor, gave me his initial opinion, which was that there was no reason for me not to, that he wasn't hearing these things, at least over the phone. And he's a good dude. 
He's a good guy, very reputable, and so I trust his judgment, and I'm very thrilled and excited to actually go try this class on Saturday. So, brave companions, that's one of the things that's going to be keeping me busy, but here's the other thing, okay? Alan and I actually talked about this because I just found out about it prior to walking around with Alan. So Alan says, well, as a perfectionist, Lori, what kind of weird thoughts are in your head about it? Are you scared? You know, are you are you criticizing yourself? And I said, no, I'm actually feeling fine. I'm very zen. I'm very happy. And that's because I was still in the honeymoon phase, right? I was still proud of myself for being so brave and doing it that I hadn't yet got down to the details of what that might entail and what are the thousand and one ways that I might actually fail or screw up at trying to accomplish this. Well, yesterday I got the homework for this upcoming class. That's right, me, the teacher, now gets to have homework because I'm not the teacher in this class. I am the newbie, newbie student. I am the new novice in the Zen monastery of life you know, accepting training from the master. And so when I saw the homework and I saw all the things I needed to do and all the bits of copy that I need to practice and try to get into time with a stopwatch. And when I thought to myself of all the bad habits I've been teaching myself by podcasting and giving up perfectionism and letting myself speak however I speak, I said, hmm, this is going to be more challenging than I first thought. But this is a beginner class. Nobody is going to expect to go to class number one of the very first level of the very first class of anybody studying voice acting and coming out of their polished and professional. If you already were polished and professional, you would be wasting your time and money to be going to a class, right? You should be out auditioning if you're that good. The whole point, the whole point of this is to do your best with what you have and get an evaluation of where you are and what you can do to improve. Now, we all like to think that we're very, very good at taking constructive criticism, but I'll have to raise my hand high and say, that is kind of tough on me because, you know, I'm a perfectionist. I'm compulsive and I have this feeling that perfection is how I'm safe, perfection is how you like me, I would say one of the big benefits of talking with you, Brave Companions, and having this show for so long now, is I'm learning that perfection is not what brings closeness with others. Perfection isn't even what gives me success. It's learning from my failures, moving on, and being honest with myself and with you, which I think has brought us all closer as a community around this show and around the blog, and has made me personally more able to identify what I want and need and made me personally able to overcome this fear. But make no mistake, brave companions, that inner fear is still alive and kicking and poking me with a stick inside my mind. But I'm here on the podcast rock to tell you that what I'm going to do to combat it is I'm going to spend tomorrow working on my homework as best as I can, not overwork it, but do the best as I can. I'm going to go on Saturday to the class. I'm going to enjoy the process, and I'm going to take all the feedback as a learning experience to the best of my ability, and we'll move on from there.
Another reason I'm congratulating myself and putting myself on the bravery report is remember many, 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 many episodes ago, I shared with you my fear of singing. And actually, brave companion Fiona actually told me as a singer herself that she thought that I could sing okay and was good at singing and I should give it a try. And that refired me to go reach out to the singing teacher that brave companion Sandy recommended to me. And so brave companions, on Monday, I am having my very first singing lesson since I was in college. That's right, I'm going to go down to the singing teacher's house and I am going to try to sing in front of her. This is a huge step for me because honestly, when I sing for you, I'm now kind of used to it. You're kind of like singing to the cats because remember, I'm out here by myself with my recorder and you guys have been so kind about it that I've gotten over my fear about singing my silly songs for you. But to sing for a singing teacher is like saying, hey, I'm not kidding. I mean it, I, I'm not kidding. This is for real. And just like the voice acting class that I was talking about, that means it's for real. Hey, I'm really trying to do it. That is like a commitment. That's like not weaseling out to myself about what I really want to do. I really want to sing. I really want to try voice acting. I really do. So that kind of ratchets up this feeling of risk and scariness because when you really want something and you admit it to yourself, let alone to the entire world, but when you admit it to yourself that, yes, I really want this, and you go for it, if it doesn't work out, it can feel devastating. But when I look at both of these activities, voice acting class 101 and singing teacher who's very aware of my experience. In fact, she was so nice as to listen to the show where I sang to give her opinion of my singing. So there's not gonna be a surprise for any of them. The worst that can happen is I learn something that lets me improve. It's impossible for me to actually fail flat out. It is impossible. So I don't know where this big fear of failure comes from, but I'm very happy, brave companions, that with your help and your support and all that I've been going through in the last six or seven months that I finally got to the place where I can say, this is what I want to do. And you know what? There's no reason not to go for it. Okay, before we move on to some of our comment conversations and Stephanie's secret topic of the day, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to my newest Coffee Clutch subscriber. That's right, someone else stepped up to subscribe and that means they're going to support me with cups of coffee monthly until they decide not to, right? So if you'd like to also help support this show financially, fin if you would also like to help... If you would also like to help support this show financially, you can come to CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com and click on the Buy Me a Coffee button or choose Subscribe from the Coffee menu. Also, if you live in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K., and you want to do some shopping on Amazon, if you will come to CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com slash Amazon first and follow the link to Amazon from there, you will also be supporting the show. Hello. 
It's time to welcome our newest Brave Companion, Marquita, who posted this to me on day 71. Hi, Lori. I recently found your podcast from listening to you on Alan Standish. I instantly liked you and what you had to say. So many things you say resonate with me. I have been a binge compulsive eater and exercise bulimia addict for over 40 years. Now, at 55 years old, I am just plain exhausted from being on this hamster wheel. I have tried books, seminars, meditation, yoga, etc. But the one thing I have been too scared to do is to feel my feelings. I have been stuffing all my feelings down with food since I was an adolescent. As I walk my dog tonight, I listened to your podcast, episode 71. I felt relief as I listened to you talk. I felt I was going to be okay in the moment. Your words soothed and let me know I am not alone in this struggle. When I got home, I instantly felt the desire to eat. So I sat there and felt very uncomfortable and anxious as I asked myself, what was I feeling? I could hardly stand it not being able to rush to the pantry and find something to numb that was bubbling up. But I persevered and lo and behold, I felt lonely. I had a conversation with myself for a bit about this loneliness, but after a few minutes, I did have some food. I know it takes time to heal and I am taking baby steps, but I think this is the most scary work I have started to do, feel my feelings. Your podcast is an enormous support, and I thank you with all my heart for being that voice in the darkness. I admire your honesty and willingness to own your truth. I admire that you are setting boundaries and being courageous. You are a beacon of hope. Thank you. In closing, I would like to say that I am guilty of giving unsolicited advice, mostly to my children, and I so identify with being on the receiving end of it, especially the part where you said that you felt like you weren't being heard. I decided this was a good thing for me to let go of as well. You're a brave soul with a huge heart. Well, Marquita, I sure enjoyed that comment. That had a lot of food for thought in there on day 71. And so I wrote her right back by email. Hi, Marquita. Thanks so much for taking the time to comment on day 71, my scary boundary episode. I'm happy you found my show via Alan's show as I love him so much. What a wonderful guy and your story resonates with me as well. I would love to welcome you by name as a new Brave Companion next time I record on day 74, but I'm not quite sure how to pronounce your beautiful name, which is correct. And then I listed several pronunciations because after Fianna, <laughs> dear Fianna, I am so nervous about <laughs> greeting new Brave Companions by name. So anyway, are you comfortable with me reading on the show some or all of your comment that you posted on day 71? Usually, Brave Companions know that I might read public comments from CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com, but since you are new, I did not want to make you uncomfortable or surprise you. So please let me know, and I will respect your wishes. Thanks again. I'm very happy that you become one of us. We all have different approaches, but support one another with respect and understanding. It is an awesome community. Take care, Lori. And Marquita replied, Lori, thank you so much for your welcoming email. So thoughtful of you. Just listening to you and your brave companions gives me strength. The greatest thing for me is that I now have a connection to people that understand compulsive eating. You pronounce my name Marquita, like Chiquita. And yes, you may read all or part of my comment on your show. 
I think it would be a good exercise for me to get out of my comfort zone by you reading that on air. Eek! <laughs> I appreciate you asking me first. Normally, I would decline, but I want to push past some of my fears. So why is it so scary to put ourselves out there? Anyway, I look forward to catching up on all your podcasts at some point, and thank you for reaching out to me. Your own story has inspired me to be brave, with baby steps, of course. Take care, Marquita. Well, brave companions, I think that we should all step up if we can and say hello to Marquita. Either reply to her directly to her first comment on day 71 or come here on her shout-out episode, day 74, and say hello. Another brave companion who is newer and trying to catch up with the show is Alana from Facebook, and this is what she wrote lately. Hi, Lori, just a note. Still love your show. Alas, I just finished episode 43 and was laughing at work when you were talking about cleaning the house and how you used to yell at Mark for not helping or going behind him after he cleaned something because he didn't do it your way. I'm totally like you there. I will eventually get to number 69 where you give me a shout out. Another control thing about me. I need to listen to things in order. Needless to say, I haven't skipped ahead to my shout out episode. I do have a good thing to share though with all of the listeners. Today, someone brought in chocolate chip cookies for their birthday and I didn't eat any. Yay me! However, when I got home from work, I munched on the mint cookies that were in the fridge. Boo me! Small steps. I'm focusing on the success of earlier today. Have a wonderful night. And this is my reply on Facebook. Hi, Alana. Good for you that you didn't even skip ahead to your shout out. I think that most of the newer listeners who participate have shared with me that they start at day one and want to continue through to get caught up. Today I walked around the park and recorded my second interview with Alan Standish. He even said that he went back and had to listen in order once he decided to listen. And that made me laugh because he already knew many of the results and stories prior from our last interview and our email interactions. Well, as to the cookies, one success is that you had one set of cookies today instead of two. And Brave Companions, it really did make me laugh because it seems that the majority of Brave Companions that step forward to participate in the show, I guess it makes sense if we're compulsive in our eating behaviors, we're compulsive in many of our behaviors. And they kind of get to know about this show and they say, okay, I need to listen from day one and move all the way through. And many of them are scared to come to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com in case they find out what happens next. So <laughs> I try to be very mindful in my comments back, not to spill the beans and spoil the story, even though to me, it's just my regular old life. To them, it is something to discover and I guess part of the learning and enjoyment is in hearing the story unfold in its time for them. So if you're somebody who is listening to this way, way, way into the future, I still thank you and give you kudos that you are working through your issues by listening to what we have to say. But also if you're someone who's just jumping in with both feet and saying, what the heck, I'm going to start listening today, Welcome. There is no requirement that you go back to day one and listen to them all. You can listen to them in any order that you want. And whether you're caught up or not, 
feel free to email me at lori at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com, comment on the comment form, or post your own story on our Who Are the Brave Companions page. You won't be, have any spoilers there. That page is where you can learn more about the brave companions who participate in our show. Now, as I said earlier in this particular episode, I've been really, really busy doing a lot of things, and I try to make sure that I answer every single comment on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com eventually. I really do. And so I was going through a lot of comments yesterday, and Cheryl brought up something on day 73 that I think is a really good question for us all to consider. And what triggered her question and comment was something that Stephanie from Quebec had to say first on day 73. So let's start with Stephanie's comment. She says, I've been pondering a lot about the unsolicited advice topic that has been going on for a couple of episodes now. This discussion has had the effect of focusing my attention on situations, feelings, people that relate to this topic. I have been more sensitive and aware to anything in relation to this. One of the things that has come to my attention many times this week, like there's a message the universe is sending, and I'm listening, is my office buddy's capacity to so easily just brush off unsolicited advice. It's fascinating. To put you in context, he's very much a grown man living the life of a busy bachelor that just won't settle for the classic model of love relationships. Of course, as I am in the education field, most of the colleagues are gals. So everyone is trying to diagnose, fix, and tell him what he should do to solve this. I have even noticed that he gets a real kick out of not doing as he is told <laughs> that he should. Man, is that ever so the complete opposite feeling I get when unsolicited advice comes to me, as I am more like you, as you've expressed so well in the last episodes. So I haven't re-listened to your last episodes, and maybe I forgot that you've already mentioned this, but the point to take home for me in this story is not only do I need to name out loud the fact that I do not want unsolicited advice, but when it does come to me, I also need to learn to brush it off in a more easy manner, just as my colleague does. Is it possible that unsolicited advice makes me mad or sad because it reflects my own incapacity to push it away with confidence? Is it possible that I project on the unsolicited advisor my own frustration with myself's inability to stand my ground? I so much hate that part of me. That's a real weather vane and just unwanted advice just brings to the surface that part of me I wish was different. Well, in any case, the lesson here is assertiveness. Thanks for this food for thought. Well, Stephanie's comment, which I think is excellent, and I will put the link to it so you can go read it again, because it really is an excellent one to consider. But this inspired Cheryl's following comment. It's amazing to me, after reading through the above comments, how we each take away from these podcasts the things that are pertinent to us. And yet, in reading back through them, it seems like they all pertain to me. Stephanie put her finger on my relationship with my sister. I read her comment three times. It gave me lots of food for thought. Your comments that stuck out to me the most today were about the need to be in control and the checking out when we're confronted with giving in to the needs of others, even when it may not be in our best interest. I confess I did exactly that this morning. I was all set to stick my earphones in and listen to this podcast when the phone rang. It was a long-distance call from a friend. 
Cheryl then goes on to describe her story about meeting the needs of her friend when she would rather have been meeting her own needs, to continue with Cheryl's comment. I knew if I answered it, I'd be on the phone all morning, and I wouldn't get to listen. But since it's not always about me, that's how I make sure I'm not being self-centered. I think telling myself that, I did answer it. It became apparent that this would be a long call. I listened for about 45 minutes, but then said I was going to have to go because I have some visiting to do with shut-ins today, and I had to get going. The truth was, I do have visiting I'm going to be doing, but not this morning. Instead of being able to say to my friend, I really need to go now, I'll call you back and we'll finish catching up later, I lied, sort of. That seems to be my response, my way of bailing when my back is to the wall. I never outright lie, but I sure have a way of being able to compromise the truth. I wish I could get the point of where I could just be honest with other people about what I need. I did have a busy day today as I have a lunch date before I go visiting, but I just don't seem to be able to get to the place in my life where I'm titled to have my own life. How in the world does one get there? Okay, brave companions, here's my reply to this. I think this question might be a good one to toss out for brave companion opinion on the show. It was very hard for me to do that show about boundaries, and that was an easy communication compared to what you are describing. Somehow we seem to have a real fear about revealing need. I wonder what this is. Do you think maybe we didn't get our needs met? Maybe we got a bad result from sharing our needs. Maybe people are so used to us caretaking they can't relate to us as needing care. Maybe we can't relate to ourselves. I wonder if it is similar to our body image. Do we have a caretaking image to maintain where we need the appearance of always being ready and willing? when the reality is some days we can't be there for you. Interesting points to ponder, Cheryl. Thanks for bringing this up. So, brave companions, do you have some thoughts for Cheryl and me around this issue? Why do you think it is so hard to admit and say out loud that we have needs too? Please post directly to Cheryl on day 73 or post on today's show notes, day 74, or... Call the Bravery Hotline and let us know your thoughts on admitting our needs to ourselves and to others. Now our last conversation in the comments of CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com occurred on day 72 and I'm going to feature it because between two of our newer Brave Companions, Helen, she of the lovely voice of Foolish Fun fame, and Amy from Wisconsin on day 72. First off is Helen's comment. Hi Lori and all BCs. I could relate to Diane who bravely shared with us after her binge and I can so relate to peanut butter on toast. I am still at the stage where I'm not really following any one particular thing, still trying different methods. And then once I don't get the instant fix I'm hoping for, I instantly start looking or trying for something else and not giving any one thing time to work. In relation to Amy's question regarding intuitive eating, this is where I'm at at the moment. I am very interested in intuitive eating, but I don't know what I want or how to communicate with my body to learn what it needs and when. I need to try and learn that instant fixes are not possible and I need to decide on a method and work with it, giving it time and not dismissing it the second I have a binge. And Amy, bless her heart, posted right back to her. 
Hi, Helen. I just wanted to share that I have had the same experience of jumping around from program to program. In order to prevent that with intuitive eating, I committed to giving it an honest try for one year. I started as I went back to work for teacher workshops, so I know I'm going to stay with it at least until workshops next year. I hope that by then I've really got the hang of it and there will be no need to try any other program. I keep telling myself that I've been binging for 24 years, so I need to give myself time to unlearn that behavior. Good luck. And Helen's response right back. Hi, Amy. It was so nice of you to reply to me. Sounds good advice to give yourself a time frame and stick to it rather than going from one method to another as soon as I feel I have failed. Thank you so much for your thoughts. We'll give it a try when I feel ready to commit without giving myself excuses, and good luck to you too. So brave companions, I liked Amy's tip for giving yourself a time frame for intuitive eating if that is the path you'd like to try. But I also thought that this comment conversation was a great example of the support and camaraderie that happens when you are brave and post comments on the blog, compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. If you are thinking about it, why not stop by today and say hello and share your thoughts or your story on who are the brave companions like I said before. Okay, before we wrap up the show, it's time for Stephanie's secret topic of the day. And this is the fourth time that Stephanie has sent me her surprise topic. If you've not heard this on the show before, if you're not one of those people starting with day one and following through, Stephanie from Quebec, she records for me an audio question that she wants me to talk about. And in order for me to overcome my perfectionistic need to plan every single thing in my life, I don't listen to her question until now where I'm ready to record. So the way it's going to work for you is you're going to hear right now the opening to Stephanie's secret topic of the day recorded by Mark in his capacity as my show's announcer. Then I'm going to edit into this show Stephanie's actual audio question that I'm going to hear right now. Then I will give you my reply. In a world where robot aliens beam down to silence truth with sneaky weapons. The human has been neutralized. Lori and a ragtag band of brave companions seek training to overcome robot aliens' stealth attack. A new voice of hope shines bright in the Zen place. Introducing Stephanie's secret topic of the day. Bonjour, Laurie. Bonjour, les braves compagnons. Um, Laurie, um, you know, Amy's question triggered some thinking for me. It's not quite on topic, but uh, I thought I would send a secret topic to you since it's, it's been a while. Um, I've been pondering about the concept of, of fullness. Um, why is it that I need to feel full all the time? Why do I need to feel even stuffed? Why do I literally enjoy to be full? So why does it call me so much? 
like you've mentioned uh, many times, our relationship to food is just one of the many demonstrations of uh, our other, you know, more tangled and deep issues. And um, it seems that my need to be full doesn't obviously just apply to food. It also applies to, you know, whatever else is in my life. So the, the list of projects I need to be on, um, the to-do list that I have that's just overflowing. Um, it, I'm, it even applies to my podcast li listening. So for the first time in many, many months, I went for a walk uh, today. And as I finished listening to your uh, last episode, I was... I walked for over half an hour with nothing in my ears and it's been a long while since I did that. So there it was like silence and, and emptiness. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, maybe I'm posing the question in a wrong way. Maybe it's not my relationship to fullness I need to think about, but it's my relationship to emptiness. Um, so as I continue to think about this, I bring this question to you. Now, what is your relationship to silence and emptiness, both in a biological and metaphor metaphorical way? So, have a good reflection. Bye-bye. Wow, Stephanie, you didn't give me an easy one today, did you? But I think this is a wonderful, wonderful question for all of us to consider who have issues with our eating behaviors. Because while I admit that there are certain foods that trigger people physically or hormonal issues that might be in play, for many of you who are going on this journey with me are similar to me in that there is an emotional underpinning to a lot of our choices. And as Stephanie has so rightly pointed out, not only in our food, but in our life. An example of that is I notice, like you were saying, Stephanie, in the loving of fullness, it isn't just wanting to eat a lot, but I found myself wanting to spend a lot, not necessarily to spend money, but like if I bought one pair of pants that fit, I would want to buy like five pairs of pants that fit. And when you think about how many times I go up and down the scale in the past and how these sizes don't fit me for very long, it was kind of crazy to be buying five of any one size, right? It would have made more sense to say, hey, these are cute pants, give me five in every size you got here, you know, a different size. But there's something about that. I think it triggers to sort of like a mini hoarding behavior where we feel safer. Now, I like to be covered up with blankets at night. I like to feel that cocoon feeling of being wrapped. It's kind of like having a hug. And I think filling our days with busyness also makes us feel wrapped in a cocoon of security, like we're not alone or we don't have to think the thoughts that we might have to think otherwise. I've said several times that the robot aliens came really to protect me from realizing uncomfortable feelings. And since I've been dealing with my eating issues better using intuitive eating and this show and other things in therapy, etc., I've been dealing with the feelings and so the robot aliens really aren't around to protect me from this. And not only does it have me deal with my feelings, but it gives me a lot more time, a lot more space, a lot more emptiness. And Stephanie, this is really freaky to me. It's like Freaky Friday because 
you know, I'm used to having every moment of my day, every crack, every nook and cranny of my day filled with stuff to do, like you having a huge to-do list, or with compulsive thoughts about food. What will I eat? What did I eat? What should I eat? What do I weigh? What should I weigh? What can I weigh? If I'm going to a, a party, what can I eat? I mean, always. If I just finished breakfast, I would be thinking, when can I eat next? When might I be hungry next? What could I have next? You know, be disappointed because I wasn't hungry enough to eat next. All of these thoughts just filled all of my life like you would in a bakery cake. You know, if your bakery cake was a little bit out of not level, you use frosting to make it look level and to fill in any gaps or chinks in the baking. I was using compulsive eating thoughts to fill in every moment of my own thoughts. Instead of, as you say, allowing the silence. You know, I've told you that I listen to podcasts on my way up the mountain. I do this show and then I listen to this show that I record on the way down the mountain and so forth. Well, I started doing like you. Every once in a while, I don't listen to anything on the way up the mountain because I just want to experience what does it feel like to be hiking today? And the first few times I did that, I felt so weird. I think it's also why I struggle to actually eat food without having the TV on or a book with me. I'm not used to actually paying attention to my food, I think I'm also not used to paying true attention to my life. Like, let's all do an experiment, if you're willing. If you're not, that's fine. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing this one moment, let's take a deep breath. (sighs) Now I just want you to stop, look around you, and realize where are you, what are you doing, And what do you feel like? I am here on the podcast rock in my local park. The day is cooler than usual. I am aware of crickets. I'm feeling neutral in my tummy. I'm not hungry. I'm not full. I feel very happy, Stephanie, that you sent me a question. I'm feeling a little bit sad. And I don't know why. But there is a feeling of sadness and grief Like maybe I'm letting something go that I'm not aware of or need to let something go. So there is sort of a feeling bubbling up that in the past I might have gone home and eaten something over. I think I'm going to have to be like Marquita and just sit with this feeling for a while to see where the sadness is coming from. But that's what happens to me when I do let myself feel emptiness whether it's time alone, whether it's a day without a schedule, whatever it is to let myself feel the space in my life allows my feelings to come and fill in that space and brings it to my awareness. So thanks very much, Stephanie, for your question. And I'd be very interested, Brave Companions, in what that exercise was like for you. Give me a call on the Bravery Hotline. Use speak pipe like Stephanie and Helen or leave your comments on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. Until next time, have a wonderful day. Take care, brave companions, because I really, really care. 
I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Side.